0: Teachers are not only just teachers, they're counselors sometimes. They are a second parent. Sometimes even the only kind of parental figure for some of our students. Um, And I don't think a lot of society really understands the amount of time and energy it takes to wake up in the morning and step into that classroom and be ready, you know, to be with these kids. It, It takes a village, and we're all doing it for these students.
1: Welcome to the 205 vibe podcast. I am your host Earl Dotson Jr. And once again, you know, I just got to say it. I got to say, I say it all the time. But I mean it. Like I'm super happy today about this podcast. Because you know, we have great people, great guests, but when we get like students who are who've been in our system who are going to be teachers, I mean, how could you not be excited about that? So we have with us, and I, you know, I, I, I'll let I'll let them tell your the last name, but I'm just gonna, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say we have Jessica with us, we have Ryan with us, and we have my man Tony with us, and uh, they are all Rockford University uh, pathway students uh, in our system, and this is a program where the district has I call it, you know, we. You know, we we are. We, you can call it growing our own. You can call it investing in our own. You can call it recruiting our own. But it's a beautiful program. And it's a group, a beautiful collaboration uh, with Rockford University, where um, our students go on after college. They get a a degree and uh, a master's degree, and they they and they teach in our system. And uh, what could be better than that, right? Having teachers in our system who are also part of the system. So excited to talk about that. So with that. You know what, who do I, who I'm going to start with here? You know what, I'm going to start with Jessica. Let's start with Jessica. Jessica, you going to kick us off. So I'm, I'm just curious, based on kind of what i kind of setting this up in terms of talking about the program, it, like in your words, in your own mind, what, like what do you think about the program? Why do, you, why do you think it's something like this is valuable? Why did you take advantage of this opportunity? Um, what was it about this that made you want to kind of jump in here and, and, and be in the program and be a teacher in our system?
2: Well, I always really wanted to be a teacher um, since I was like five years old. Um, And I guess when I started high school with like the different pathways, um, this was something that came up. I think it was like my senior year or maybe like junior year. They started it and they were like, this is going to be an opportunity. And I was like, well, you know, my plan is to be a teacher. And I was going to stay in Rockford, so, you know, that was, like, perfect. <laughs> um, yeah.
1: Awesome, awesome. Just worked out. <laughs> what about you, Ryan?
3: Kind of the same thing. Um, I knew in the high school when I was doing the freshman year uh, seminar course looking at what I, what I want to do for a career, um, teaching was one of them. My mom's a lifelong educator, RPS 205 employee, and I knew that I would. I really got interested in politics and government in history. And I thought that would be really fun and awesome to teach. And also just wanted to be able to invest into Rockford, stay in the area and not leave. Honestly. Also Tony,
0: um, I just had a devotion to this community um, installed from both my parents. Shout out Ms. Araceli Viegas and Welcome Center and my dad, Antonio, who's done a bunch of community work. Um, and I just when I was in my senior year, I really started to realize when I was taking the, the course that we had to take senior year. The lack of minority male figures in, in, in our buildings. And I kind of was really drawn in how much of an impact I could make being that representation for our students. So I, I really, I really wanted to take the opportunity.
1: Awesome. And before I go into the next question, always shout out to my producer, Mr. Connor Childers in the building. And of course, Annie Badu is also present with us. Uh, so I just want to make sure that I recognize her and acknowledge her and the wonderful work that she she does with our students so, on behalf. So hello, Annie. <laughs> so um, I'm gonna I'm follow back up. I'm just gonna come back around, Tony, to you and just touch on kind of something you said. Um, I, I just wanna pick up on that piece when you talk about that whole diversity piece, right? And kind of part of the intention of the program was to this idea of how do we also, at the same time as we are recruiting our own teachers, how do we also diversify our workforce, right? Um, talk to me about why you, why do you think that's important, right? Do you, do you, that cut this concept of, um, students and teachers and people, uh, who, who they're familiar with or they're comfortable with, uh, do you think that's important or that matters? And if so, why?
0: For sure. Representation. I think a lot of the things that we've been learning at Rockford University is being culturally responsive to our students. So being able to be that representation for a student, even in in a non-bilingual setting, I feel as though a lot of our minority teachers are in the bilingual uh, programs. And when you look at a school, I'm over at Lincoln, for student teaching, and they don't have any bilingual Spanish bilingual uh, programs there. Um, but there are some Hispanic Latino students, and just being able to student teach there and being able to use the language and being communicative, I just seen the response that, oh, my God, you speak Spanish. It's like a big... Way to connect with students in in another level, Um, and then again, just understanding uh, being a minority in this community. How how can I, as wanting to be an aspiring social studies teacher, how can I shift my lesson plans into a way that they're able to understand it from their own their own environment? So I think that's a really big piece to
1: it. Awesome, that's awesome. So having said that, um, you know, we we know that uh, this idea of being culturally sensitive, culturally responsible oftentimes it doesn't necessarily have to be someone uh, of, a, of the same race. It's someone who understands what that means. Right. And the beauty of our, of, our, of the program and, and the beauty of our country, right, is that it's open. It's an opportunity for everyone, but, but it's, um, how do you, how does one um, approach that kind of work of being open and understanding what it means to be culturally sensitive? So I'm gonna turn it over to Ryan. Well, t- t- talk to us about that, like what, what is, you know, how can, how can people of different backgrounds, what is it about understanding about that cultural sensitivity part? And what does that mean, what does that look like to, to you, potentially in a classroom, as you relate, try to relate to other students of different backgrounds?
3: Yeah, so um, I'm a white male, I'm not Latinx, I'm not African American, and I don't have as much diversity. Mm-hmm. I look like a lot of the stereotypical, probably history teachers. And I've been learning and I always had this mind frame of understanding that there are differences at home with even my friends and growing, going through school. And, you know, I'm it's important for me to recognize that when I hand out the syllabus to the class, I say, can you please have a grown up at home sign this? I'm not saying can you have your parent? Or, and when they, you know, tried to turn it in the day, the uh, two days after, I said, that's fine. I understand that you don't see your parent every night. Or, you know, keeping Merry Christmas out of the classroom and saying Happy Holidays and really recognizing privilege that I have and the lack of um, diverse understanding that I may have and try to really ask questions and ask Tony or Jessica or Professor Badu, hey, I'm confused about this. Can you help me out? I think that's really important. That way I, as a teacher, can um, make sure all students are included in the classroom.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Jessica. What about you? What, what do you, what, what do you think about that whole cultural piece? Why is that important in a, in, in the classroom? And what do what, what do you, what's your approach or how do you think, you know, being in a class with students, how should, how do you think you should or are you going to approach that?
2: Um, I think to go off like what Ryan was saying, there are a lot of little things that you can do in the classroom, um, but I think the most important thing, whether you are a part of um, the same minorities that your students have, you know, you can build that community with like, you know, I relate to you. I know what you're going through, but also um, just being interested in other students who you don't share a minority with. Um, I think that that's when relationships really come into play. Um Wanting to know more about them and also sharing about, you know, your culture, because sometimes that will also help other students um, understand, you know, their peers and just create a welcoming environment.
1: Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Are all of you doing student teaching yet? Yes. Yes. (laughs) We're all all doing it. All All doing student teaching. So I'm going to start with you this time, Ryan. So just tell the the audience, just tell us about, like, what's that like being, what school did you go to? I went to to Guilford High School. Went to Guilford. So just like how what does that feel like? Like I'm I went to high school. Now I'm like I'm I'm in I'm I only went through college and but now I'm in this program, but now I'm like teaching. Like what just talk tell tell us like what's what's that like? What does that feel like? And what are you learning? What what are you what are you seeing? What are you learning? What is what is that like? First thing
3: I'm I'm learning is how much work teachers do that you don't see behind the scenes as a student. Um I went to Guilford High School and now I'm back at Guilford High School as a student teacher. I'm actually, co- my cooperating teachers are both teachers that I had. Um, so that's really, really interesting and helpful. Um, I guess learning all the small things, like I touched on earlier, that go into teaching and the background thinking that you have to do behind the scenes and the grading that you have to do and the planning for lessons. And, you know, there's going to be questions that come up and you have to think on your feet. But also, I feel pretty prepared for a lot of it. And when I don't, I'm recognizing that it's time to learn because the thing that's important is trying to become a good educator this semester and be prepared to step into the classroom next year and start teaching our youth. And I mean, I'm doing it right now this semester, but I'm I'm really excited for it. I've been having a blast.
1: <laughs> what about you, Jessica? Like, what's what does it feel like? Uh, like, uh, is it like uh, are you, I mean, what what what, what kind of your emotions? And then what what are you learning about you know the the profession? Going from Um, the classroom yourself now to being in charge of it.
2: I think for me, it's kind of like I can't believe it. (laughs) Honestly, at this point, it's like there is a lot that I'm learning that, you know, obviously in our classes, we focus on content and we're focusing like the pedagogy and things like that. But then it's like you get in there and it's like all together, like go time. Um, so it has been pretty fun. Um, also a little bit intimidating. Um, right now I'm at Risa. So kind of like working with middle schoolers, like that was not something that I saw myself doing, but it was like a pleasant surprise. Mm. So
1: wow, you are special. You like you, like, you, like <laughs> work, you like working with middle schoolers. I know. Oh,
2: yeah. No, but they're they're great. Man,
1: <laughs> man, they man, they something else. That's a what's a weird time in, in kids' life too. Like you're like I'm a little older, but not that old. So. I just don't, I don't really know what's going on.
2: That's why teachers are so important to <laughs> make are. that impact. And...
1: Jessica, and also thank you. Like I'm not, I, I, even though um, public relations communications is my profession, I've been around educators long enough where I know what pedagogy means. So thank you for using that. Thank you for using pedagogy. Appreciate you. Tony, what about you? What? Oh, man. What, what, like, what, how, what's, that, what's it like, man? Like, what, are you, what are you learning? What are you seeing? Like What does what's it feel like? So
0: I have the pleasure. Um, I've been working at Lincoln for the past four years as the coordinator for the 21st century program. And so I, I really tried my hardest to get placed there as a student teacher. And they all worked with me well enough and our U side to get me placed there. Um, and it's just in the past four years and doing this student teaching, a lot of it is just... Being that positivity for the student because a lot of these kids are coming in with negative energies very negative auras with they have a lot of they don't have a lot of stability um coming from their home environment or no homes at all um and a lot of that is the main factor of their distraction when they're in the classroom you know um so being able to just connect with students getting to know them telling them that they care you know not automatically demanding respect because you don't that's not how you're going to get them, especially at this age with being in middle school. You know, I told them I will gain your respect as much as I will, I want you to gain mine, you know. Um, so just developing those relationships with them to really help and understand how is it that they're going to be able to be engaged in the classroom far than just lectures and worksheets. You know, how can I make this valuable for them?
1: Tony, I just gotta say, man. I just, I just gotta get this out the way. I just let me get this out the way, right? Because you know, I know your, you know, I know your parents, yes. man. <laughs> you know, I know them. And your dad was just in my office last week. Oh, that's. <laughs> and I was telling him in the meeting. I'm like, dude. His hair is just his hair is beautiful. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> his hair, thank you. Is just flowing like it's be on his on his shoulders. And I'm like, why you coming here like that with your hair draped like that? Yeah. I'm saying like all yeah. that because Tony yeah. has this beautiful mane. Yeah. yeah. I'm talking about the. When you see the picture, Tony's yes. your hair is fly. I just got to tell you, man, that's dope. You we, you. we both
0: started growing our hair on the same time. So, did you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He said I copied him. I think
1: he copied me. Uh, okay, I'm gonna go with that. <laughs> we both
0: realized we had like long curly hair, so we just started.
1: Letting our hair grow out—that's oh, what. Thank you for the yeah. backstory, because I'm looking at him. I'm like, I, when I saw him, I'm like, dude, yeah.
0: are your, oh, your hair? Yeah, and people who know me, always had buzz cuts growing up. So <laughs> yeah. when they, it's been a while since they seen, they're like, you have curls, and I'm like, yes. <laughs> or even Jessica and Ryan—they met me. They met me when I had the buzz cut. So <laughs> I'm I feeling. I just had to. Just, I
1: just had to. Add, you know, we had to add, add a little flavor to the podcast, yeah. but just wanted to throw that out there. So, I'm, I, so just speaking of what were you all? Were, so. I just have to ask about the and obviously one of the um, things we're all dealing with is like the pandemic, COVID. It's in our schools, in the classroom, um, I'm sure when you had, when you were we were, in, we were in school, like we did, was it something you, you didn't deal with? in mask and all. That. What do you, I'm just curious. What do you think? How do you think this? How has this changed teaching? What are you seeing in the classroom now? How does it? How has it impacted the profession negatively, positively? Uh, the challenges getting through all of that kids in mass teachers like what 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 are you is it something you that people just have, have adjusted to or or what are your thoughts on the impact it's had on teaching go ahead Tony
0: directly I can tell you that th- there is a huge shift in the social development emo- social emotional development um, just forgetting how school worked and I don't think a lot of our Families realize how much teachers are putting in the effort to make sure that we're accommodating for all students, providing them with not only electronic versions of our work but physical copies. And then, when kids get quarantined and then they come back, trying to get them caught up, but then still trying to move forward with with the unit, and um, it's it's hard. It's very it's a very tough time to be a teacher right now and as we're learning as student teachers how are we accommodating for all of our students so that we don't lose them
1: thank you thank you what about you jessica how do you think this has impacted uh your studies and or just teaching as you're kind of in the buildings with students and staff
2: i think right now all of the staff is kind of trying to get together to do their best kind of with what they have um as far as for the students they're has definitely like been a lot of anxiety, a lot of routines that were lost um, as to, you know, how they're used to their lives being. Um, It was kind of like now we're put upside down and we have to deal with it. Um, And a lot of kids and adults just don't have the coping skills um, to do that. I know that there have been like practices um, for social emotional learning um, that, you know, everyone is trying to kind of help out and figure out what can we do to make sure that this doesn't like keep on negatively affecting our students.
1: Awesome, What do you think, Ryan?
3: So I think it's important that everyone's safe in our schools and I think, you know, when I've been in the schools so far in last semester through clinicals, I saw a lot of measures being taken to keep students and their family members and the teachers and professionals in the building safe. But I also think that we're doing a good job at, um, you know, ensuring that students are still learning. I think there's a big difference between um, hopping on a Google Meets or Zoom and learning. We know this as students. We had a year and a half where it was mostly online, and it's not the same as when we get in person and collaborate and talk with each other. One thing I am learning, though, is and seeing is the masks make it hard to communicate. I'm a talker. I think that's why I'm going into history is because I like to stand and talk and conversate with people and, you know, dissect issues. And there's a lot less of that because you can't read facial expressions and it's just, it's harder. I think, you know, the time away and being online took a lot of what I think we're talking about, like the development, the development of social graces almost and social interaction. And I think that it's important that um, we keep that in mind, in our mind as we go into our careers.
1: Sure, sure. Um, so you, 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 you take, you're in this program, you're kind of doing some student teaching. Um, Tell, tell me, think about, like, tell me a time when you've had, like, fun. You've had some fun either in the classroom or in the school that you're at or something fun like you've done in the program so far. Like, is it, is it, what's, it, what's been an experience that either in the, are you in the program or something in the classroom or the school that you're in where it's like, yeah, it's cool right here. I'm, you see I'm giving you time. I'm, I'm, I'm watching, I'm looking at y'all. See who got something first. Ryan yeah. smiled right away. It's like something popped in his head right away. Ryan, what would you, I, what'd you think about right away?
3: I got a lot of ideas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's not only you know Rockford University stuff that we've done, but our PS205 stuff that has been done. Something that's making me really happy is that I'm involved with um, the football program at Guilford. Okay. So I I played underneath Coach Capriotti, and I'm back there play or coaching with him. Um, Did it last year as a voluntary measure. Hopefully we'll see what happens going forward. But doing that um, and then the pathway program at Rockford University, we've all kind of grouped together and we've done things from Project LEAD, which is leading educators advocating for diversity. And then we also started um, another group this year that we've been doing weekly or biweekly meetings last semester. Sitting down and talking about issues that are passionate for us, and we had uh, a bonfire and ice cream night in September. So that was definitely the the capstone bonfire. for Bonfire,
1: that. that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Hey, shout out to Coach Capriati. 100%. Hey, my my man, look, I'm sorry, I just had to, I just got to throw this in there. I got my MBA from Rockford University. I did good. I struggled with calculus. He was my tutor. He got me through. Shout out to Coach Capriotti, yeah. my man. He coaches and he knows calculus. He coaches and he knows calculus. Smart guy. <laughs> yes, he is. What about you, Jessica? Some the time you had fun in the program, fun in, in the school. Is so, the experience Some stands out?
2: Right now, like I said, I'm at RISA um, with the seventh grade team. Shout out to them. Um, we've been doing, like, staff outings, so they've been very welcoming. I'm very appreciative of it. Um, and also, like, with our students, um, we do, like, activity days when they need it, so I remember, like, I think it was either last week or the week before, we had, like, 10 kids all around. We were all playing Uno, and it was, like, super fun, because they were, you know, they were getting along. I was getting to know them. I had just started, um, so... Like, thinking back, I'm like, it wasn't, you know, we have to get this done. But that relationship was being built. And, like, they'll still, they're not with me anymore because they just changed at the semester. Mm -hmm. But they'll, like, stop by and be like, oh, we should play Uno again. So that was really, (laughs) really nice.
1: That's awesome. Right? Mm -hmm. They remembered you. They remembered remembered that that
2: day. And, you know, having fun and being like, yes, I'm at school, but I can take 20 minutes, you know, to get to know my teacher and to spend time with my classmates.
1: Fantastic. What about you, Tony?
0: Uh, I want to say I've, I've, I've tried to make it a goal or I tried making it a goal to get as many pathway kids into the Boys and Girls Club and with 21st Century because um, I, I really thought I, I wanted them to get that experience of what it would be like working with RPS students. And my favorite and highlight of my memories is like just talking and socializing with the kids, getting to know them and like getting to know their personalities and their backgrounds and all their quir- their quirks and like what makes them excited, you know, and some of these conversations they can't have with their parents or, you know, they or they don't have an authoritative figure that they can go to and like be supportive of, of, of their endeavors. And it's it's just so awesome just to like have conversations and like talk to them and getting to know them. They're little they're little mini adults in the making. And, <laughs> You know, and it, it's to them, it's like, oh, my God, you're an adult, too. And you think like, you know, you're human and, sure. you know, showing them who I am as a person. And like, it's just it's just fun. It's awesome.
1: Know. So I'm going I'm to I'm keep that going because I'm going I'm to go back to Jessica about that same idea of um, so you both, all of you have talked. You've talked about those. You know, these those experiences with the students. Right. You've yet to talk about like kind of the academic side of it. Right. Because we know that's part of it. So I'm just curious, like when you, when you're, de- Jessica, when you're, when you're dealing with those students, um, like, like when we talk, when we say education, right, right? What do you, it sounds, how important is that part of it? Like just getting to know them as people, showing them that you care, interacting them with it in a way that they, you know, making them comfortable. Um, how, how, how is that, when you talk about, how do you know students are, are learning what you're trying to teach, but at the same time, how important is that kind of personal human interaction as you're also trying to teach them whatever the subject matter is? So, because, because in, in in this world we always you know we talk a lot about tests and standardized scores and state scores and grades and gotta pass and credits and this and that. But t- t- tell me, tell me more about that whole relationship piece.
2: Well, I think that, you know, obviously students can learn when they don't have a relationship with their teacher, but especially the students who are struggling, it just builds a wall. Um, And I think that the relationship piece is really like breaking that wall down, getting to know them. And um, if they come in one day and they're like, you know, I don't want to do the work, having that relationship will be like, well, let's have a conversation about it. What's going on at home? And sometimes you'll find out they have so much stuff going out outside that like just coming into school is like, I, I can't. And instead of being like, oh, well, you know, you're going to feel whatever, like, let's talk about it. And then, you know, that might lead to a finding a way to have that education for the day happen um, instead of just being like, oh, you're lazy or, you know, you just don't care because a lot of the times that's not it. There's something going on.
1: Sure. What about you, Ryan? What do you think about that whole, I'm trying to reach you as a as a st- student and, a, and a, as an individual, but I'm also trying to teach you something. How do the two kind of balance each other out?
3: So for me, as a student, I'm more inclined to learn if I know that the person who's trying to teach me has respect and cares about me and I feel valued by that person. Um, And I think that like being seen as a human is so important for our students. And like, it's important for us to talk. I have a student in a class and he's been on his phone a lot. We're really pushing to get off the phones, take out the earbuds and everything, and be able to focus and interact with the people around you in a class. So at the end of the class, I walk up to him and I go, he had his earbuds in and it was fine because he was packing up to leave. And I go, hey, who's your favorite artist? And I think he, when he asked me, he was pleasantly surprised that we matched on a couple ones. That's awesome. So he saw me as not only, yeah, I'm, the, I'm a teacher in the room, but I'm a human who has some similar interests as him. And because of that, I think I'll be able to, you know, he might have more um, respect or might be more inclined to, te- to learn because of that. I, I always remember sometimes it wasn't even getting the assignment done for the grade and learning for the grade but to make that educator proud. So I'm hoping that, you know, that's what those relationships can do in the classroom.
1: I like that. I'm going to borrow that one. Uh, that, what's your, who's your favorite artist? Because I always, when I'm in, I'm in buildings a lot and I interact with kids, I always say, like, what's your, what, you got a gaming system? Like, what's your favorite video game or something? Do you know, let them know, like, hey, I'm, I'm, I know, I, I know what, I know what in, to NBA 2K is. I know what Xbox and PlayStation is. I'm old, I'm cool too, you know? Trying to make that connection, you know. But what about you, Tony? Uh,
0: mine, my starts off again. Just um, I positive from the moment that they entered the classroom, no matter how whatever their attitude or their behavior was the day before. I, I don't, I don't hold grudges. Uh, it's, uh, every day is a new day. So start them off with the good mornings. Get them all asking them how they are. Um, And something that I made it a custom both in the after school program and now as a student teacher is if you know you're going to have an attitude, if you know you just woke up in a bad mood or whatever happened, communicate that with me before you step into the classroom. Because if you don't and you're sitting there and you're struggling getting on task or you have your head down and I have to redirect it multiple times, it's going to escalate more, right? Communicate to me. I did not get enough sleep last night. Okay, sweet. All right. How can I accommodate with you? Give me a couple minutes. Let me figure it out. And again, when you're a teacher, you make decisions on spot, right? So as I'm greeting everyone, I'm saying, how can I accommodate for the student today, right? Without letting other people, you know, because I can't be like, yeah, just take a nap or lay your head down. And then other kids are going to see that and be like, oh, I can put my head down too. So I I try to make sure that I can be adaptive to everyone's situation and be understanding with them.
1: I'm glad you say that, man, because that was like a... I used to substitute teaching the system for years. And I look, you ain't no putting your head down in my class. Even though I was a sub, I'd be like, hey, you need to go home and go to sleep. You can't be in here with your head down. Even though I used to do it too when I was in school. But, but and, and my teacher didn't, some they didn't say nothing to me, but yeah, you can't, no, no sleeping. Um, so I'm gonna just stay with you, Tony, as you're kind of doing some of the student teaching, as you're going through some of the courses, um, what are you learning about yourself? What are some things are you learning about your abilities and your capacity and things you didn't know before that you, that you're, that you're learning about yourself.
0: I am learning that I know that I will give 150% of my energy into (laughs) these kids (laughs) and to our (laughs) students. Um, And so I've been doing a lot of reflecting on myself, like how, how am I going to enter this profession um, without burning out easily? You know, and how how do I keep myself and my mental state, my personal life, out of the classroom? Mm. You know, mm. um, and that again comes with transparency. It's like how I ask the students, "Let me know how how your attitude is today." If I and I one of those was this week, I'm like, "Hey, guys." today i am not feeling it i know most of you are probably not feeling it too so let's just <laughs> let's have patience have patience with me i'm gonna have patience That's with you, you you know um yeah it's just i'm learning a lot of how much i can take mm. um mm. and how much i can give when when um i feel like things are kind of unbalanced in my in my own personal
1: life so what about you jessica thank you what are you learning about yourself
2: I am learning that I cannot control everything and that that is okay. And it's really hard for me because, you know, it's like I'm an overthinker. I'm like everything needs to be perfect, but it's like that's not the reality. And you walk into the classroom not knowing how your day is going to go. So it's just kind of like it will be okay. (laughs) I'm learning that it's going to be okay.
1: (laughs) Awesome. Ryan, you know, shout out to, hey, shout out to Ryan. you know, I, I have a lot of people who report to me and everybody has different habits about how they learn and how they kind of process information. But Ryan, Ryan, hey, audience, Ryan's sitting up here writing down the questions as I give them out. You know, that's a great, that's a that's like a teacher thing. Like, a, it's a great habit. When I'm, when a, a lot of my employees, I, I always, it's just one of these things I notice. Like, I have people who come, they report to me. Every time I say, I'll call them. Some won't bring anything. And there's, there's some who always, yeah, MSG, yeah. Cause they just they just can't, they can they do it by memory and then some they always bring something to write it down so shout out to that habit right there Ryan I, say, I see you yeah. I see you kid go ahead How, what about you what do you think what are you learning about yourself
3: um, so I'll be honest vulnerable here I thought that my uh, leadership and communication skills were you know pretty developed not all the way you know there's always time for growth but I thought that the experiences at Rockford University have really helped those. And I'm learning that there there are different forms of leadership and communication, mm-hmm. and I've really you know decide or found that. Um, and also, I really like structure and routine, and I think students do as well.
1: Nice. It's important
3: to have in the classroom, so the students that are struggling or have these outside things going on can expect that when they come when they come to my classroom that this is what we're going to do. We're going to do a bell ringer. I'm going to tell you the agenda for the day. And then, you know, we might talk for the last five minutes or something like that. I really appreciate the structure.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. Speaking of which, I'm going to stay stay with you, Ryan, on this question. Um, So so one of the things, so I'm very, I'm super excited and happy right now because as I'm speaking to the three of you, I I just know we're going to be in good hands, right? Our future is bright, all right? Audience, y'all don't see what I'm saying. Like, they're like, we good. We in good hands. Like, these are our leaders, and um, so we we are very blessed, and very fortunate to have them. So I want to say that first. I've always felt that we, um, you know, as I, you know, if I, if I, as I've worked here and been in schools and and talked to teachers, and, and I, I just, this is me. I don't think as a country we have valued teachers enough, right? I think we put we, we you know. It was always coming up. Oh, you want to be a doctor? You should be a lawyer. And why we should be paying our teachers and treating and putting them on that type of respect level. That's just my opinion, right? Because they they're with our kids. You're with our kids, and you you're teaching them, and you're imparting things into them. So just let me get that out the way. Let me just say that. But having said that, Ryan, um, what are your thoughts on that? Like, what 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 can we do to really? improve the teaching profession. Our numbers are way down across the country in terms of uh, students who are going into the profession. Um, so what, what can you tell some of us who, or some of the other, some of the decision makers about how, what do we, we need to do better? What do we need to do better for our teachers to let them know that we value them. They're important to us. And, and then why do you think that we do have fewer, there's fewer people coming into the profession. What are your thoughts on that?
3: I think that you know when you're comparing salaries for careers, a lot of people look at the salary that teachers make and go, I don't think I'm gonna have a comfortable life making that much money. I might have to have two jobs. Um, I would tell the decision makers to step inside the classroom. I, you know, I haven't been in the classroom for forever, but I've seen my mom teach for, I think this is her 30th year. And I know what it's like as a son to see how much work goes in And now I'm seeing it actually being the one doing the work. I would tell the ones who are, you know, making the decisions to step inside the classroom, teach for a day, substitute for an hour, kind of see what it is, lesson plan for a week. I don't know. I think decision makers oftentimes get removed from what it is. And there's a whole lot of different factors that go into it, but I would really encourage that. I think those are the two things that make me think, why people might hesitate or why the pay is kind of where it's at. But I also think that students, high school students need to consider this program, what we have with the pathway program. It's, yeah, the salary is where it's at, but my student debt is going to be a lot lower than, say, if I went to school for something sure. else at Rockford University or another state school or a different college throughout the country. That's a big factor because student loans stay with you for, for years, 10, 15, 20.
1: So you, so you touched on something. I'm just going to just quick follow up because that's what a lot of people say. What do you say to the people who say, what? well, you're getting benefits. You get summers off. I mean, what else do you want, Ryan? Uh, you only teach. You're only in the classroom a few hours a day. I mean, you go. I mean, you go, what time you go home, Ryan? I mean, what do you say to those people who you get, you get all these? What about all the holidays you get off? Good grief. You're, are you, when are you ever really even here? You want more money? I mean, what, what do you say? And cause I, but go ahead, what do, you, what do you say to those who, because who, that's, that's a big time of the, that's what people come back with a lot of times.
3: Yeah, I think, I mean, I think I kind of touched on it. Having a parent who is an educator, I saw that when I got out of school as an elementary school student, I didn't take a bus home or a bus to a daycare. I took a bus to the school my mom worked at, and we stayed there until about 5.30 or 6, before going home and having dinner. Yeah, the weekends off are great. The summer's off, they're off, but not really off. You're planning for the school year. And they're good to have holidays off if you have a family, but it's a lot more than an eight-hour shift. It's more so like 12 or 13, especially if you have a parent-teacher conference or a big project or presentation. I think that we oftentimes think of school as the bell at 8.05 and the bell at 3.20 but we don't think about the teacher that gets there at 6.30 to plan for that and then does all the assignments, does the, all, the whole day, and then is there until five doing the grading. And I think that society might benefit you know, if they get a substitute teaching job. You know, if, you, if you're off, you wanna think about a career change, maybe try substitute teaching and see what it's like. See what it's like to be in a school. It's, it's draining but rewarding. And I think if society sees that, we might be able to see a change.
1: Ryan, that is a great answer. That's why I wanted to get that. I want. That's why I wanted to follow. Hey, decision makers out there, did y'all hear that? Did y'all hear Ryan? Did y'all y'all hear? It? Get you know, it's not just that. it's just there's a lot more that goes into this. But anyway, go ahead, Jessica. What do you think about the the whole profession and what do we need to do? What, how do we help us be better? So help us understand.
2: I I'm going to support everything that Ryan said <laughs> and add to that. Um, I actually think that. Like, going through the program at Rockford University, like, we know what we're getting ourselves into. But then, like, actually, like, going into the schools, it was like, what did I get into, you know? Like, it was just, like, a (laughs) shock that we saw coming. And I think definitely a lot of people don't know and won't know um, until they're there in the classroom seeing what it's like and having to do everything that teachers do because there's so much to do. Um, I think one of the things that, you know, the people in charge could do would be listen to the teachers. They have so much input. They know so much about their students, what their students need. And, you know, if their voices aren't being heard, it's kind of like, okay, well, I can't do anything. And that's also um, something that affects the environment. So I think that, you know, valuing what they have to say and taking that input and doing something with it because you know if they're like yeah we're listening but nothing changes it's not helping anyone so i think that that's what i would say
1: don't need anything to add to that
0: i have a couple of things i want to Go add ahead. actually Go ahead. um picking yeah again everything that jessica and ryan said 110 agree um I, and adding on with the teaching aspect of it i mean I w- teachers are not only just teachers they're Counselors sometimes, they are a second parent, sometimes even the only kind of parental figure for some of our students. Um, And I don't think a lot of society really understands the amount of time and energy it takes to wake up in the morning and step into that classroom and be ready, you know, to be with these kids. I think what I would ask our decision makers is how can we please look and strategize and analyze where are we allocating our money and our resources because I know we're talking about teachers but like it takes a team to run a building I mean our paraprofessionals our substitute teachers our secretaries like the amount of work that our secretaries are doing holding up the school I mean shout out to Miss Debbie Kubner at Lincoln like coming in early in the morning staying late not even having eating lunch at her desk while she's doing work like just to keep our schools afloat like it it takes a village and we're all doing it for these students and i think we really need to really look at how we're resourcing uh, and allocating that those funds and money and really look again what ryan said let them step into the, to these schools. Let them step into these classrooms and get a sense of how it is to run a building and how to work with kids effectively, you
1: know? All right. I, I have a few more questions because I could sit here and talk to you guys all day. But Mr. Produce, he looked at me. I saw him when he gives me that look. I already I know. I know. I, I already know. I, gotta, I mean, I got to wrap it up. Um, having said that, I, I just want to follow with you, Tony, on the team, con- kind of the team concept or idea T- tell me about like a, a, um, the role of a principal. How, how what how important is the principal? And tell me what is what does a good principal look like? What what do you what, how should what, what is what type of support to do teachers yeah. kind of expect from a principal? Help, help our principals out there who listen to the podcast yeah. about. What their role and how important they yeah. are, and what does what a, a good principle look like?
0: Oh, my goodness. I mean, and that's another thing I don't think our community and society realizes how much work in, uh, an administrator does. And this year alone, like, I... I am so grateful for the team at Lincoln, Ms. Garrigan, uh, our APs, Ms. Resorg, and uh, the sixth grade principal, seventh grade principal over there, like, they are just so supportive and have been very supportive of of me and the program, and they were excited for me student teaching. This year alone, they are focusing so much on just going into these classrooms and redirecting behavior or like making and making sure that like a kid is going to be okay in this classroom without violence breaking out and or you know disrespect to a teacher you know like they're handling a lot of issues and with covid a lot of issues with parents and how they view covid and the and vaccines and getting vaccinated and getting tested for sports and so much being changed and there's hardly ever consistency since covid so i mean like dealing with with all of that is—it's a lot. It's sure. a lot for them. I think sure. just making sure that they're positive and uh, encouraging our, our team, and I feel like I have—I definitely have that over at Lincoln. So I'm awesome. very
3: grateful.
1: Awesome. What's you, Ryan? Principals.
3: Principals are leaders. They're the people that teachers often look to, you know, and hope to be guided and have the answers. And I can only imagine what it would be like to be an administrator right now. Mm-hmm. Um, ah, I can't even wrap my mind around it, tell you the truth. But I'm happy that they're there. Sure. I'm happy that they're, you know, listening to
1: teachers. I think awesome. that's important. Awesome. What's you, Jessica? What you? Anything to add to that?
2: Well, at Risa, we have also been having, you know, a lot of fights breaking out. Um, a lot of students are out in the hallways, and I think that, you know, our principals are in charge of, you know, dealing with those students, creating a safe environment um, for everyone else. And I think that. Um, At RESA, they're doing a really good job at, like, going back to the teachers and getting information about that student. So it's not just, you know, um, a behavioral issue that, like, that student is viewed for. And I think that that's important to also um, have administrators, you know, also humanize students. And I think that by listening to the teachers, again, that's one way that that can be done.
1: Awesome. So, one more in terms of just I'm Mr. Producer, I'm wrapping it up. Okay, I'm wrapping it up, man. Um, so just help, help. I know, um, I just because I've known her, I, I I've called her Annie, Badu, but I'm sorry, you are referred to her as Professor Badu. Um, so help us, you know, us others. This is talking about the art. This program, right? How do we make the pro? What, what what what's missing? What are some of the gaps in the program in terms of? making sure that you have what you need to be effective as a teacher, making sure how do we get more, like, how do we get, more, how do we do better at getting the word off some more kids get into the program? Like, how do we keep that diversity component going? Um, how do we, when, as we face a teacher shortage, how do we, you you know, we want, we would love to have a hundred kids, you know, students in the program. How do we, what do we do for the around the program? What do we do to kind of do better and making it more people more aware? Other program and just its benefits. I can, give give us some help us get give, give us some ideas, and our partnership. Go ahead, Tony. I see you got that you got that <laughs> grin on your face. You got something. You got uh,
0: something. I will say that Professor Badu, since day one, I think we even met one time. Um, my after my first year at RU and being part of the pathway for the first year and she really sat down and listened I, I was really trying to advocate for my cohort and what we saw was missing and she and the rest of the team that she brought with her to rockford university has tried their 110 percent best to ensure that this program is well communicated well structured um, give me
1: one example but, of what you gave what you gave what some feedback you gave a, there was just a it.
0: lot of confusion as the the way that um the scholarship was covering our tuition money, okay. Um, okay. how many semesters it covered. A lot of the people who signed on to the project were no longer working for RPS or Rockford University. So we we didn't really know who we really went to or, you know, who was, who was leading it. Um, but now going through the program and finishing the program, I think a really big piece of it is helping us during this student teaching time. I'm for the listeners, student teachers don't get paid for the work that we are doing. Um, and that's a state of Illinois thing. I think really helping to find again, going back to allocating and resourcing our, our funds and money, stipends at least, or helping us pay for our content tests, our ATPA tests that we have to do, we have to do to get our licensure in the state of Illinois. I think that's something that I would make and benefit the program and how we can get students to actually want to be a part and and apply. It's like, we are, we got you, you know, we just want you to focus on ensuring that you're going to be the most effective teacher in in this community. All right.
1: So when you said that my marketing branding brand, it just clicked. That's, that's the sign. That's the poster. We got you. There it is. We got you right. There's our recruiting. There's our, there's our, there's our tagline right there we got you. Jessica, what about you? What do you think about in terms of the program? I, just structurally, is there anything, any feedback for us to to keep it going, make it better? Uh, how do we get more students involved, et cetera?
2: Um, I think that when we started, we are the second cohort. Um, so I have friends who did not know about it or were not in the pathway to be able um, to qualify. Um, I think that just making that, you know, aware. I think now we have some more students um, that are, you know, learning about this opportunity. And again, just kind of pushing it and having incentives that like, you know, you're not alone and this really is a community. Um, I think for me, that was definitely one of the things that has helped because it's really easy, you know, going through college to feel alone and going through student teaching, you have so much going on that just kind of knowing that we have support um, from all of our professors, from Annie, um, that has been really, really helpful.
1: Awesome. Ryan, what do you think, sir?
3: So I think um, the way that we can make this more successful and attract more talent would be um, getting the word out more broadly. I think that, you know, we as Pathway students have gone into the high schools, I usually go and speak to a class every year, last three years I have, and then speak at a um, parent night. But the attendance is kind of low at the parent night. And I'm wondering, you know, how can we get the attendance higher? Do we need to showcase the pathway program at an even younger age? Mm -hmm. Do we have some of us pathway kids come into the middle schools and talk to the students about the opportunities that are available to them? It's really about um, attracting talent, I think. And I think that once, once we sell it, give a bigger push, realize the opportunity that is here, you're gonna have so much talent come in. And I think that's really gonna be beneficial because we want the most talented people teaching our students.
1: You, you all were fantastic. Last, this is the last question. Mr. Producer, I made it to the finish line. Okay, um, thank you all. Let me just thank you. See, that wasn't hard, it wasn't bad, was it? Wouldn't have been no fun if you knew the questions in advance, right? I see. That's why we don't do I See, I got, look how rich and full that conversation was. I just got, I got all of your authentic selves. Uh, so that's awesome. So last question. We asked everyone this question. Mr. Producer, what episode is this? Where are we at? How many have we done? 30, 30 35. All right. 35 podcasts. So, so um, you all are part of a, of, a, of, a, of, a, of a prestigious group of podcast guests. And so we've asked everyone these last questions. Everyone gets this question. All right. Ooh. 34th. Okay, 34th. This is the 34th. So uh, you know what? Since I'm gonna start with, you know, I started with Jessica. I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna start with Jessica. We going to end with Jessica. Start us, kick us off. So Jessica, these three things. Tell us first if if it's Jessica's, if it's if it's your birthday, if it's a special occasion, tell us either your favorite Food that you like. It's like I want this, or like your favorite like restaurant place to go. So either favorite food or your favorite place to go to eat.
2: My favorite food would be dumplings. Dumplings. I really
1: like dumplings. Yummy. Okay. Um, if when you when you get in your car or you're at home, you're chilling, you're relaxing, you turn on your, you turn on your music. What what you bumping? What what what's like like I gotta have this.
2: Latin music. Gotta go with that, bunny. All right.
1: Okay. Yes, yes. I see that's why I love doing this, because every we've not I don't think we've ever had the same in 34 episodes, we have not had the same answer for anything once, ever. And then the last one, if you chilling again, you're at home, you relaxing, um, you Netflix and chilling or whatever. Like, is there like a movie that you can always watch that you never get tired of? Or like, this is my favorite TV show, like I gotta watch this.
2: So I really like like horror movies. Okay. So right now, <laughs> I think after this, I might go home. Uh, I started Scream. Oh. Lately, you know, and the movie just came out. It I want to go see it. So. Yeah.
1: Awesome. <laughs> Good for you. Thank you. See, we all. I need to learn those other things that we not have known about you, Jessica Ryan. All right, come on. You like look.
3: This is gonna be hard. All right. <laughs> I'm, I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> All
1: right, Ryan. Go to food, like I'm always gonna be happy with this, or like take me here, cause then they'll have what I want.
3: Go to food, I can always eat pizza any man. time of the day. Beautiful, any
1: day. A beautiful, beautiful. So what about uh music? Like if you like what's something like, ah man, I just that just that song come on or this band. It's
3: only <laughs> rap and hip hop and it's a lot of artists. I, my number one's probably Future.
1: Oh, so Future is my bet. My favorite. whoa! What you know about Future? A I love lot. Future. I love Future. Yes, me too. And then what about uh? What about uh? Is there a movie that you can always it comes on? You like ah? I can watch this or like here's my TV show. Like I, I this is this is my show. This
3: is gonna be really boring. The listeners are gonna think I'm really lame for this, but no. I love to watch the news at the end of the night. Hey. Uh, that's how hey. I run. No. I watch the news or I watch a podcast.
1: That's the beauty of the question, right? Yep. This is you. That's you. Yep. That's yep. you. Beautiful. All right, Tony. Uh let's start with uh we're gonna keep the same order. Which give me go to like food, like uh every time. Look, bring I'm this. Say, I'm
0: gonna say restaurant. Shout out Mexico Classical. Okay. I love. I love my Mexican food.
1: Delicious. Uh, okay.
0: Uh what was the second question? And the second
1: question is like what, you, what are you listening to? What am I bumping? What, what you bumping? what you bumping? We get your car, what you bumping?
0: Tame Impala. Okay. Tame Impala, some alternative rock. Tame you know, Impala.
1: And then lastly, um, you know, there's something that comes on the tube or you're watching or some a movie, you got, what's your favorite? All What do you go to? Uh,
0: the Freedom Riders.
1: The Freedom Riders. Mr. producer. That's why I love these questions. Have we ever had, no one said the same thing ever. We are all unique individuals, right, who bring our unique talents and gifts, uh, to do good things. So thank you all very, very much. Good luck to you. Thank you. Thank, good you, luck for in your studies. thank you for what you're doing with our, with our students. Uh, we need you. I'm, I'm very grateful you all taking the time today to come here and share with us. And, um, um, I, I as I said earlier, we are in good hands and, um, this made my day. Uh, this is very exciting and it was wonderful to talk to all of you. So thank you. Keep up the great work. Thank you for listening to the 205 Vibe Podcast. Subscribe to the 205 Vibe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you are listening now. Check out the blog, videos, and news on rps205.com slash 205 Vibe.